Namaste and welcome to the Lucid Visions podcast. I'm your host, Jason Beltman, and today's episode, episode six, is that of light and love. So let's just jump right into it. So light and love are referred to many times in the Law of One. Ra starts every encounter with the statement, we greet you in the love and light of the infinite creator. Um, It is very easy to gloss over this statement as it's at the beginning of every encounter. Um, And Ra says it every time before speaking. Um, But really, we're going to dive into the two fundamental aspects of what he says of God's true nature, that of light and love. So light and love show the positive and negative aspects of God, the masculine and the feminine. Um, I'm sure if you've listened to the other podcasts, you're starting to notice a trend here, and that is of many different synchronicities and dualities, that of positive and negative. It's really kind of everywhere. So love and light show the positive and negative aspects of God, the masculine and the feminine. The universe started in these steps. Infinity was created. Infinity became aware. Infinity created infinite energy and love. So that infinite energy is called love. Um, The essence of the creator's nature is the feminine, um, that of love, obviously, the archetype of God. Um, It serves as the substance for all creation, also as a metaphysical gravity um, in order which love is the physical physical manifestation of love is gravity, that of bringing it together and pulling things together. So in order for love to experience itself, um, it needs light to know what it's like. So light is the masculine archetype of God, and it protects itself outward into, or projects itself outward into space and time and creates the entire physical illusion. Um, Light represents wisdom as wisdom illuminates the darkness of confusion into the light of understanding. So as Ra explains, every universe or octave begins with this explosion of light and over time throughout gravity, um, the gravity of love slowly pulls everything back into itself into a single point which begins a new universe. So this cycle of new universes starting and ending is known to be the heartbeat of God. This is often why Ra uses the term love-light and light-love together or interchangeably as one cannot exist independently. So to speak of love is to imply light and vice versa. Um, I got a quote from Ra here. There is the same difference between love-light and light-love as there is between teach-learning and learn-teaching. Light-love is the enabler, the power, the energy-giver. Light-love is the manifestation which occurs when light has been impressed with love. So one other idea Ra touches on a lot is balancing. So. Essentially, the whole purpose of a soul's incarnation into physical reality is to purify itself of all distortions and become what Ra calls crystallized. So this process of balancing oneself um, continues through all the seven densities. Um, Balancing means achieving perfect balance of love and wisdom in oneself, which doesn't fully happen and you don't achieve that until the end of sixth density. Um, But essentially, the main two fundamental aspects, I guess, of reality are love and wisdom, light and love. So, um, 
the I guess the kind of goal you could say and or I guess the kind of purpose and kind of here on life is to balance those out and get rid of any distortion so that you're fully in tune with your love and light self so your energy centers of the body or chakras develop blockages based on thought perceptions so if one is lacking in some sort of self-love or wisdom that distorted energy um, can't just disappear energy has to go somewhere so um, that distorted energy manifests into one of the more of the energy centers which affects your daily and everyday life and essentially every aspect of your life in order to unblock your chakras, we must heal those distortions, which is a very arduous and difficult task. Um, now, how can each archetype go um, basically essentially do their healing? The masculine and feminine have different processes and ways of healing, and I'm going to get into those. So the masculine and feminine represent the positive and negative polarities, um, the positive being love and the negative being wisdom, but we already know that. So this might be a little hard to wrap your mind around because of the labels we have of the word positive and negative. It does not mean love is good and wisdom is evil. Um, these polarities are simply types, archetypes of consciousness. Both polarities are equal and valid expressions of the creator. Um, an easy way to understand this is through magnetism with magnets. Um, for example, magnets have positive and negative charges to them. You wouldn't say the positive charge is good and the negative charge of a battery is bad. It's just these constructs and the terms and definitions we've put over positive and negative makes negative seem bad. Um, when really it's a necessary thing to have, you can't get rid of it even though it's seen as a bad thing. But negative doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means the opposite of the counterpart. So, the, essentially, this doesn't mean that all women are positive and all men are negative, as the masculine and feminines. It means the feminine is inherently service to others because love is always an outward movement and seeks only to give. The masculine polarity is inherently service to self, as wisdom seeks to know or possess understanding for oneself. This obviously doesn't mean and represent all women and men, as people are able to learn, develop, and change, and um, everyone's different. So, um, to put this in a different light, though, we can see this inherent union of love and wisdom by looking at the traditional dynamic of romance. So there is a reason why almost all movies start between a man and a woman. Uh, almost the, all the reasons why movie stories between men and women are identical is that the feminine wants to be per, wants to be pursued and adored by the masculine, and the masculine wants to pursue and adore the feminine. Every good romance movie shows a man who falls madly in love with a woman to the point where he will climb the, any mountain, swim across any ocean to have her. You never see a movie about a woman who climbs mountains to pursue a man while he's laying in his silk bedsheets awaiting her arrival. That's just not something that happens. You don't see this as the masculine archetype seeks to possess the feminine as wisdom seeks to understand love. Since any polarities are equally valid, it makes any type of combination equally valid. That includes male-to-male love or female-on-female love any combination you can think of. Love is love, no matter in which form it's given. 
To understand the nature of each archetype, we need to look at the traditional dynamics. Oh, wait. So, yeah, so basically to understand them, we need to look at the dynamics. So, every being naturally contains the masculine and feminine energies within them, the yin and yang. Regardless of their biological gender, achieving balance in oneself between the masculine and feminine is crucial for spiritual evolution. Um, so this is why people that are very spiritual or go through spiritual evolutions have a lot of yin and yang energy, that of masculine and feminine. Um, this can often be portrayed or misunderstood as, um, what's the best way to put this? So there's male-on-male love, female-on-female, you can be bisexual, gay, straight, you know, whatever it is, love is the same. But those who go through spirit, are very spiritually inclined, have a balance between love and wisdom, that of the feminine and negative. So they have many characteristics and qualities of both types. So they may be a certain gender, they may be into a certain gender. It really doesn't matter, but essentially they have a lot more characteristics of both types. Um, so you can see that the masculine gets its fulfillment in the feminine and feels that she is the entire reason for his existence. Wisdom serenades love like Romeo serenades Juliet, telling love how beautiful and sacred she is. Everything wisdom does is ultimately point towards love for its reason for existence. The feminine archetype adores wisdom as in the light of wisdom, love is able to taste its own beauty and divinity, and therefore find its ultimate completion. Likewise, the, on- the only way the positive path can know itself is by the contrast of the negative path. Um, with the negative, the positive could not exist. The two work hand in hand to create the entire physical universe, as love is the substance of all things, and light is the order and structure of it. So now that we have a solid grasp on the function of the two archetypes, let's take a closer look at approaching the healing or inner balancing of the two types. So not well known, but there are two forms to shadow work that work complementary with one another. The first type of shadow work is the feminine and spiritual healing in Ra's terms known as balancing. Um, The feminine is the creative force, power, emotion, and intuition. The feminine approach to balancing is solely through the feeling and transmuting of emotions through love. The feminine approach to shadow working is going to the root of the problem, feeling it completely and allowing it to express itself instead of meeting it with resistance. Meet it with love and acceptance. In in session 61 of the Law of One, Ra states, Balancing requires a meditative state in order for the work to be done. However, the balancing of sensation has to do with the analysis of the sensation, with especially respect to any unbalanced learning between the love and wisdom, or the positive and negative. Then whatever is lacking in the balanced sensation as is, as in all balancing, allowed to come to the being after the sensation is remembered and recalled in such detail as to overwhelm the senses. So. Allowing yourself to feel repressed emotions is a practice. Um, And although the feminine approach is more painful and intense than the masculine, it's more effective and fast acting than any type of wisdoms. Um, 
any type of wisdom shadow work or masculine shadow work. So one healing session can be enough to cleanse a wound that has been festering for decades or years or your whole life. Um, it takes time and practice and be able to locate, find, and be able to feel them fully. It's not an easy task to do that. It's a lot easier said than done. So the power of the feminine approach is that when the root cause is located and healed, everything downstream of it is also healed. So all the things that were attached to it and caused because of it are healed along with it. So it's just a matter of finding that one distortion or trauma or issue in your life and healing that will heal your entire life. Um, so now to the masculine approach to balancing. So the masculine is the organizing force that brings structure to form and energy. The masculine approach is that of wisdom. It dissolves illusion through the shifting of perception and acquiring of understanding. So knowing the mechanics of the mind allows one to see reality of thought, identification, and attachment, which naturally brings healing and balancing to oneself. Essentially, you can think of it in a simple terms of finding truth, that of wisdom. So the masculine is less intense and painful, but is not as effective in fast acting and requires a permanent shift in your perception or attitude towards thought, which slowly drains them of power. So once the illusion of the mind is understood, the light of wisdom returns to the soul and allows for peace and balance to be restored. Um, it's a lot more difficult of a process than the feminine and that of simply feeling it. It seems like the, that of wisdom is a lot more difficult to do. So it can be said that the feminine heals through transmutation and the masculine heals through recognition. The feminine puts distortions to death by the guillotine and the masculine puts distortions to death by a thousand cuts. It's a single swift motion or a lot of small motions. The difference can be most recognized in the two most ascended masters who have incarnated into our third density, that of the Buddha and Christ, my favorite mentors or role models. So Christ represents the feminine embody of, embodiment of the fourth density love, where Buddha represents the masculine of fifth density wisdom. So Christ's approach to transcending the ego and realizing oneness is to feed the poor Take in the widow and orphan, visit the prisoner, and love your enemies. Since the ego is self-focused, Christ compelled his, power, his followers to overcome the ego in service to self. Um, by oh, so Christ compelled his followers um, to overcome the ego through service to others, and spoke very little about the nature of illusion, illusion and perception. Buddha's approach to transcending the ego was to see its unreality, to question the concept of self, and to strive towards achieving emptiness of the mind. These two archetypes can be clearly depicted in world religions that are still around to this day. The Western culture and religion of Christianity devotes itself intensely to the love and worship of God, but has a severe deficiency in wisdom and understanding of the divine. It's not a very balanced, um, culture or religion. Much of Christianity theology is self-contradictory and sorely lacks in wisdom and understanding. The result in this is passionate, hatred, and rejection of those who believe differently. Although the Christian church claims to be based on the love of God, it lacks wisdom to understand what love really is. 
So the Christian and Catholic churches has committed some of the worst atrocities in human history, such as forcing clergy members to deny their sexual nature, resulting in the abuse of children, declaring holy, holy wars on different religions, and even burning its own saints alive for daring to think differently. This is the danger of the feminine archetype becoming unbalanced. When the passion and zealousness of the feminine is not aimed at the right direction through wisdom, the most terrible forms of destruction can occur. Um, And anyone that really thinks about religion honestly and has an open conversation about it can clearly see this. The Eastern religions of Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism most exclusively devote themselves to seeking the wisdom of the divine. The wisdom approach brings a balance and order that the Western religion deeply lacks, but the Eastern religions tend to lack in the department of love and worship of the divine, which has dangers of its own. So when the purpose of wisdom is forgotten, then wisdom becomes its own purpose and creates an extreme spiritual narcissism. This is seen by many corrupted gurus who start off with good intentions and want to help, but develop an arrogance that develops into a dangerous spiritual ego. Um, These corrupted gurus use their persona to manipulate women into sleeping with them in promise of enlightenment or spiritual ascension. They form cults that typically follow guru worship and free love, which is never actually about free love, but allowing the sexual ego to run wild under the umbrella of spirituality. These cults can become dangerously narcissistic, as we have seen many times throughout our recent history. An interesting fact about the ego is that that of a spiritual ego or a spiritual person is a lot more dangerous, as they tend to acknowledge and accept other things in other parts of life that other people don't do. So a spiritual can a spiritual ego can ultimately seem like the ultimate purpose or meaning you can have to your life and that can someone who's not trained and prepared for it can easily take over and cause you to be very service to self oriented versus service to other oriented which was your original purpose Um, without the power of love to ground wisdom it becomes service to self oriented and leads many well-intended seekers astray So many people who follow Eastern approach to spirituality become obsessed with acquiring knowledge and eventually learn themselves into an existential crisis, which can be extremely difficult to get out of if your entire life had been leading up to and causing that. So without love being the ultimate purpose for wisdom, all meaning and purpose to life is lost. So as you can see, these two approaches have their unique power and potentially blind spots but the real power comes from merging the two together. This will take much time as the two approaches are very different, but the rewards are well worth the effort. Um, Like I've touched on before, a balance of everything, that of the yin and yang, positive and negative, masculine and feminine. So the wisdom approach seeks to understand why, and the feminine approach is so powerful that everything goes away, even the question why itself. So as Ross says, balancing in our third density is very different than balancing in higher densities. Third density has a catalyst for pain and suffering, meaning we live in a world of duality, an equal amount of positivity and negativity. Balancing first starts and begins in third density where we are right now. So people range in consciousness and some people awaken in their lifetimes. This can be explained through the 
limited means of language. Um, it is so powerful, um, it transcends any form of verbal communication, but rather understood through experience. Um, that's, a, that's a good way of putting spirituality. It's, it's so difficult and complex. It, human words and language really can't explain it. You really can only understand it and know it um, by experiencing it yourself. So some people may be spiritually inclined or not. Some people may awaken to their true purpose or meaning of life. Others will not even acknowledge awakening or God is true. Everyone's perceptions and answers are different from one another's. Um, the secret is to understand and accept those differences. Um, you know, the highest form of intelligence is to be able to judge and not per or perceive without judgment. It is often said that the... Um, so one of the most sought after questions in the history of the world is what is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Um, it's such a simple question and such an easy question to answer. Um, it's almost comical how many people overthink it and can't figure this question out. The real purpose of life is simply to live itself. You're already living your purpose every day. You're already doing it. Whether you realize it or not, that's the beauty of life and that's why life is such a beautiful thing. You go throughout this process whether you're aware of it or not. So the journey and progress of life moves forward no matter what for everyone. No matter how aware they are, no matter what they accept, what they believe, what they do in their life. Our goal and point in life is to simply live, experience, and learn. It's that simple. So it doesn't matter if you find your purpose in your life as you are already living it right now. That's the reason why our future selves or eight, dim eight density dimensional fully enlightened selves, the part of us that knows more and really knows everything, comes back to life here on earth in third density. We came here to figure something out and live something. So I'm gonna end this on one final quote from Ra. We seek the creator upon a level of shared experience to which you are not privy and rather than surrounding ourselves in light, we have become light. Our understanding is that there is no material except light. Our rituals, as you may call them, are an infinitely suitable communication, continuation of the balancing progress which you are now beginning to experience. So in third density, you know, where we are right now on earth, um, this is where our balancing of chakras and energy centers starts. And based on your karma, based on how many lifetimes you've lived also there's so many factors that play a part into it but the balancing you're either continuing it starting it or if you're lucky enough and you're far enough hopefully ending your karma and all of the distortions and unbalances you have in your life um that of becoming perfect perfectly balanced with what we know in our third density as we only have so much light um, which is essentially referred to as wisdom. So there's only so much wisdom and love we can learn and acquire here in third density. And once we have become a master and have that balanced is when we graduate and go on to fourth density where there's seemingly infinitely more than third density. And fifth density is seemingly infinitely more than fourth density. It's a never-ending process.